0: Hello and welcome to the AMA Update video and podcast. Today we have our weekly look at the headlines with the AMA's Vice President of Science, Medicine, and Public Health, Andrea Garcia in Chicago. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer, also in Chicago. Welcome back, Andrea.
1: Thanks for having me. Good to be here.
0: Well, let's start off with the uh, topic that's making a lot of headlines this past week. Two new Omicron subvariants that are circulating in the U.S. What do we need to know about those?
1: The two new subvariants are known as BQ1 and BQ11. They are both sublineages of the BA5 Omicron subvariant, and they've spread pretty quickly through through the US over the past couple of weeks. And if we look at the CDC data, they combined now account for about 17% of COVID cases here in the US. BA5 is still that dominant variant in the country. It's It's responsible for 62% of cases. And while it's pretty early to try and predict if these two new strains will eventually overtake ba 5 as that dominant variant, we do know that they do pose a threat to our nationwide trend we've been seeing with those decline in COVID cases.
0: I'm probably not the only person out there who's having trouble tracking all these sub-variants or variants. Is there any evidence that they could be more infectious or deadlier. We've seen more hospitalizations than with uh, BA-5. Talk to us about what the biggest concerns are here.
1: It's really too early to tell right now exactly how infectious these new variants are, but we are seeing them spread pretty quickly and cases attributed to the new variants have nearly doubled in, in just the last week. Uh, If we look at Europe, which we know always tends to be a little ahead of us with surges and and a good indicator of where we're headed, uh, they expect those two new variants to become the dominant variants there in about a month. And the strains are likely to be more contagious than the previous versions of the virus um, and that of course raises the odds of a surge in cases and hospitalizations over the winter when we know people are gathering indoors and that of course makes that virus easier to spread Uh, We we have heard health officials in the Biden administration note concerns about the rise of these new COVID variants in the U.S. because they do appear to evade our existing treatments, which are used to protect uh, those who are immunocompromised from severe
0: illness. Let's talk a little bit more about that on the treatment side. Um, What do we know about the effectiveness of uh, current treatments against new variants like this?
1: I think um, we're seeing those early studies suggest that Avusheld, which is being used as pre-exposure prophylaxis to prevent COVID infection in people who are immunocompromised, and it appears that it's likely to be ineffective against those new variants, and Bebtilevimab, which is a monoclonal antibody treatment, is also unlikely to work. I think it's important to note that This data hasn't been peer reviewed yet so we still need more information to make definitive conclusions around the effectiveness of these treatments against the new variants. The good news is the bivalent booster shots available in the US should provide better protection against these variants because they are descendants from Omicron BA2 or BA5. And I think that just underscores and is another reason why people should prioritize getting these bivalent booster doses as soon as they're eligible.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Have we seen the new subvariants affecting case numbers already? What are those looking like this week?
1: So not yet. According to the New York Times, that average daily number of reported cases is still hovering around 37,000. It's a decrease of about 3% in the last two weeks. Uh, The week before, we saw a decrease of 20% in the average number of reported cases over a two-week span. And so what we're seeing is signs that that decline in reported cases is starting to slow down we'll have to see if that trend continues and if the new subvariants continue to gain a larger share of cases here in the US
0: are we seeing uh, similar trends on uh, hospitalization and deaths front
1: So the the daily average of hospitalizations uh, due to COVID has been pretty flat over the last two weeks. And I think the exception there is in the Northeast where COVID hospitalizations are actually up by 10% or more. Uh, The daily average of hospitalizations stands around 27,000, which is a decrease of about 1% over the last two weeks, and that number of deaths each day has. Fallen slowly as we've talked about since September, but it still remains just above 350 deaths per day.
0: Curated from more than 3,000 major newspapers, magazines, and journals, the AMA Morning Rounds newsletter delivers the top stories in healthcare right to your inbox Monday through Friday. Subscribe today and check out all the AMA's free newsletters at ama-assn.org/slash. My inbox. That's AMA-ASSN.org/slash my inbox. Well, it seems like uh, also COVID's not the only thing that we have to worry about as we head into the winter. There's uh, uh, been a great many headlines out there about uh, the triple demic which we've heard, uh, it's adding a new one to the twin demic that we've talked about before uh, that was flu and COVID. What's the triple demic? What's that third component?
1: Yeah, that, that third component is, is RSV and we know that flu cases are higher than usual for this time of year. They're expected to get higher in the coming weeks. COVID may be on the verge of rising with these new sub variants we just talked about. And RSV is really straining pediatric hospitals in some states. And for most children, RSV looks like a common cold, but for others, especially if we, we talk about infants under six months or children with lung disease or weakened immune systems, those symptoms can be more severe and can require hospitalization. Uh, RSV can lead to bronchiolitis or pneumonia, and, and as a result can be a danger to those adults 65 and older. RSV isn't a reportable condition in most states, but if we look at CDC data, uh, RSV is around 58,000 annual hospitalizations, 100 to 300 deaths in young children under five and about 14,000 deaths among adults 65 and older. And of course, you know we saw those patterns of RSV uh, and other common respiratory virus really interrupted uh, due to those measures we've been taking to prevent COVID uh, since early 2020, but clearly these viruses are back this year.
0: Andrea, you also mentioned an early increase in the flu numbers too. Can you tell us more about what we're seeing there?
1: So CDC released one of their first flu views of the year, and we are seeing an early increase in seasonal flu activity, uh, especially in the Southeast and the South Central areas. They're reporting the highest levels of flu right now and experts agree that that best protection against severe illness from COVID and flu is to get vaccinated. We know there is currently no RSV vaccine, but there are a couple of candidates that are in late stage clinical trials that appear to be highly effective in older adults, and Pfizer is also developing an antiviral drug. I think most experts are expecting it to be a rough winter, so we really need to do what we can to protect ourselves and our families now.
0: The best thing you can do right now is please get your COVID booster and your flu shot. And that really wraps up today's episode. Andrea, thanks again for being here with us. And we'll be back soon with another AMA update. You can find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us today. Please take care.